Hey everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life Podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. I'm your host, Mark Cassini, Product Marketing Manager at Jobber. Every two weeks, I connect with PMMs all over the world about a product marketing topic of their choice. This week, I'm joined by Anna Doherty, Product Marketing Manager at Stoplight. Anna, like many product marketers, began her career as a marketing generalist, first in gaming and then in tech. After taking a closer look at the work she was doing, she realized that she wasn't just a marketer, she was actually a product marketer. Anna decided to dive headfirst into the world of product marketing and is now the product marketing manager at Stoplight. Stoplight is the global platform to design, test, mock, and document APIs with a design-first approach. Their API design and documentation platform helps build quality APIs at a much faster speed. Thousands of forward-thinking organizations, including Schneider Electric, TELUS, Spotify, and SendGrid use Stoplight for their API programs. During our chat, Anna and I dig into the unique approach she took to explaining what product marketing is and does when she first joined Stoplight. As the first product marketing hire, Anna knew she had to come up with an engaging way of making product marketing approachable to her new colleagues, many of whom had never heard of product marketing before. I'm sure you'll agree that Anna's approach is easily one of the most unique and interesting ways of describing product marketing. Before we get into the episode, I've got some exciting news to share from the Product Marketing Alliance. Are you wondering how to align the product marketing function at your organization? Do your internal teams have little or no understanding of what product marketing is and the benefits you bring to the fore? Are you sick of being misunderstood? The Product Marketing Alliance's brand new book, Misunderstood, features firsthand knowledge, techniques, and case studies to help you demystify product marketing, elevate the function, and gain the recognition you and fellow PMMs deserve. Learn how to effectively communicate the value you bring to key processes such as positioning, personas, segmentation, OKRs, and gain intel from the likes of Privy, G2, Hotjar, Intercom, Zendesk, Adobe, and Drift. Misunderstood is packed with takeaways that will propel the value of your role and the overall importance of the PMM function and isn't to be missed. Get your copy today at pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. That's pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. All right, with that out of the way, let's do it. Hey, Anna, how's it going? Doing well. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Super excited to have you here today. Me? I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it then. I'd love to hear about your career journey so far and what brought you to Stoplight. Great question. Um, so for the past 12 years or so, I've been in a variety of technology and various startup spaces. Um, and about five years ago, I realized that what I was doing was not just generalized marketing, which is the role that I seem to have found myself in in many of these locations. Um, what I found was the thing that I really enjoyed doing was product marketing. And I didn't know at the time what that was. So I went on a journey of figuring out what is product marketing? Um, what are the things that I really like to do that bring together um, you know, my passions and there's a name for it, right? I didn't, I didn't know that before. Uh, so it was competitive intelligence, market research, um, customer, you know, customer engagement and insight, and and then working with product to deliver features that fit, fit those needs. Um, so I researched product marketing. Uh, I was fortunate to uh, two years ago engage with the Product Marketing Alliance, get a lot of great content from there, got certified, and uh, then. Uh, transitioned my career from a more marketing generalist position to product marketing. So all of that to say, then I said, okay, now I'm the real deal. 
right? Now I know what I am. Now I know what my career is. I have great experience, but now I have a real foundation on which to, to build my career. And uh, I started interviewing and this was um, last year. Uh, and I had 40 interviews <laughs> in, in March of last year. Um, I had one recruiter tell me this is the, the year of product marketing because it, would, it was a hugely in-demand role. And I said, well, this is perfect timing for me. Um, I ended up with four different offers and I said, hmm, how do I choose between these companies? What's going to be the best fit for me? And what ended up being the best fit is a combination of an incredible product that people love using and that's Stoplight. They have awesome, awesome reviews. Customers just love it. The industry loves it. So I said, well, this is a great product market fit, but also the CMO and and Boyd, she is dynamic. She's excellent. And so, you know, having those very engaging and fun conversations with her and her understanding of product marketing really convinced me that I needed to take the chance with another startup, but to go with Stoplight. And I, I've never been happier at a job. I've been there uh, now a year. March 22nd was my one year anniversary, and it's been incredible. I've really enjoyed working there. It was a good choice. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. And, and thank you so much for sharing that story. I always find it fascinating when I'm chatting with guests about how they end up finding themselves in product marketing. Your story is very similar to one that I've heard before that I know a lot of other product marketers have experienced themselves. Being a marketing generalist, doing things that are essentially product marketing, and then stumbling upon this organically, realizing, oh, there's, there's a name for this uh, uh, work that I'm doing. That's not just marketing generalist. It's actually a very specific thing in product marketing. And there's, there's value to right? People, people are putting, placing value on this role. So yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. You're, you're spot on. And it's interesting to hear your conversation with the recruiter saying it's the year of product marketing. I like to think it's hopefully the, the decade or decades decade. of product marketing. Because <laughs> um, it, it seems like this growth has been going on for quite some time, thanks in part to obviously uh, the PMA and other organizations like it. Uh, and also just the discovery that there is a need for this role and this role adds value. Um, one thing that you touched on that I thought was funny, and this is a conversation that I've had uh, with fellow product marketers as well. I saw a quote from David Gerhardt on LinkedIn, and I know he's referenced it multiple times, but there's this saying that he has is that don't work for a CEO that doesn't get marketing. And I always tell product marketers, don't work for a marketing officer that doesn't get product marketing. And it sounds like that was a big factor in your decision to decide to sign with Stoplight. So I'm curious if you wouldn't mind me asking, how did you uncover that the CMO at Stoplight really did get product marketing? Like what, it, what was it that they said or did during the interview process that put you out at ease and made you realize, oh, this person understands what I'm trying to do here? Um, great question. So uh, she was so open about the fact that Stoplight's a bit of a, a technical uh, product, right? It, we, are, um, we support API design, documentation, and governance. And so that's kind of a tough sell, right? So that's like, oh my goodness, if I'm not in the API space, what relevance does that have to me? Do I have to learn a lot to, in order to use it? You know, all those great questions. And she said, I'm a CMO, you know, I'm, I'm marketing background. I'm not technology background necessarily, but I know that in order to translate the value of this product, I need someone who can do that, who can speak that language. So she identified the role as a need. In fact, not just the product team or, you know, not just the organization as a whole, they said, we need a product marketer and they need to sit in the marketing team to, to best translate the value of our product. And she said, 
you know, I, I will hire personally for this role because we need it to be a good fit. We need someone who can help us really, really translate down some of these, you know, heady technical concepts into accessible um, language that people can understand. And uh, that, that was it for me. I said, yes, I know because I looked at your website and I tried your product and it was tough. Uh, but I know that this is an opportunity to make things easier for people who are like me who need to use this because APIs are becoming more and more fundamental to the way we do business. And so there are more people like me who are sort of in the technical space, but not necessarily API, you know, developers. So yeah, she knew it. She uh, knew it was a need in her own team and at the company and then she hired for it. So it was perfect. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect fit. And I think the topic that we'll get into in a minute here kind of speaks to why it's so perfect and why I think you specifically are probably a great for, for the role because of your ability to take these complex topics like APIs, uh, anything technical in nature and making them digestible and understandable for your average person, much like we often as product marketers have to do for people who have never been exposed to product marketing before. Uh, so yeah, we'll get on that in a second. But before we do, I, you know, you're mentioning how in going through the interview process and exploring the website and engaging with a product directly, it became very obvious to you that it is a very technical and dense subject area. I did, however, notice that you're quite a prolific writer. Uh, I, I saw on the uh, Stoplight blog that you've got several posts that do strike a very good balance of taking these technical topics and making them approachable. I'm curious, how do you find the, I don't know, creative inspiration or the motivation to take such dense and complex topics and write so much content about them? Is there, are there any special tricks that you're leveraging? Do you have any ways of tackling those problems? I'm curious if you could share those with our audience. Well, thank you. Thank you. Firstly, that's really nice to hear. I appreciate that. Um, I, <laughs> I've never really thought of myself as a great writer, but more of a serviceable writer. And so my inspiration comes from a need. And my needs often come from problems, right? Our, do our customers have problems? Do our target customers have problems? And so mostly who I'm dealing with are people who are newly or fledgling product managers who are dealing with APIs maybe for the first time or their organizations are dealing with API products for the first time. And so they're, they're, they've got traditional product backgrounds, but they don't necessarily have API backgrounds. So I'm trying to bring those understood concepts of product management to APIs and vice versa. And I, I know and I can empathize with the problems of a product manager because I've worked with so many of them, you know, uh, uh, over so many years. So I just identify, okay, we're coming out with this enhancement, but why are we doing this? Or, or this new feature, why are we doing this? What's the problem we're solving? And how does it really impact a product manager? How will they think about it? Will they think about it is the question. And a lot of times they won't. And so I have to approach from a place that they are thinking about. And so it really just comes down to um, putting myself in the shoes of a lot of people I've worked with, um, putting myself in the shoes of, of knowing that APIs can be daunting and, and helping them understand from their, their backgrounds how to utilize some of these new features and enhancements to make their lives easier and, and not just, you know, add another layer of, of you know, technology onto their already uh, full plates. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we talk about so often in product marketing about identifying the problems and coming up with solutions in tandem with product to those problems. And I think a similar approach can be said or taken rather 
when it comes to writing content for your target audiences? What are the problems that they're that they're trying to solve, and how does your product help them solve them? And you know, sometimes these really dense technical topics can seem so daunting because, to your point, the audience might not have the same level of familiarity with a, with that technology as of yet, and you need to be the guide in that pro along that process or along that journey. And you know, I, I think if you can put yourselves in the shoes of that person and identify, like, even in your own gaps of understanding, well, if I don't understand this, there may be a good chance that the audience won't either. So how would I go about explaining or what would I need to know to further understand it? And I think doing or going down that path is going to help make that content that much more engaging and relate, relatable. And I will say though, we have two audiences. So, so the one that I'm more, you know, comfortable speaking to is that product management audience, but we also serve developers and highly technical audiences who are very API savvy. So because we have these two personas, right, this, this very highly technical developer persona and then this, this product manager persona, the, the other side of the audience I'm getting better at, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to speak the language a little better. I've been around developers a long time, but the API developer is, is very savvy. And so really when it comes to, to that audience and speaking to that audience, it's about knowing your subject matter experts at your organization and externally tapping into their knowledge and telling them, you know, I, I have this problem I need to solve for my developer audience. How do I speak to them authentically and not just sound like I'm, you know, fluffing up a piece just, just to get it to market, right? I need, I need it to be authentic, but also solve their problems and also serve our needs of, of communicating the value. So. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it might seem obvious, but I think it's worth repeating you know, a lot of product marketers, we work in B2B SaaS. So we have exposure to product managers, to developers on a daily basis. And we're often writing content for those audiences. If the solution you're supporting sells into those audiences specifically. And I think as product marketers, we're often quick to get feedback on writing or creative from other marketing or creative mm. people, whether mm -hmm. they're copywriters, whether they're graphic designers, depending on the project you're working on. But I think to your point, if you take that extra step and you seek internal feedback from audiences you wouldn't normally speak to when it comes to writing, because they themselves are in an audience that's just going to make that content that much more relatable. And it's going to also allow you to kind of pass the, the BS filter or the BS test that marketing also falls, uh, sometimes falls into. And I, I would imagine a product manager or a dev would be pretty open with telling you, this is a little bit too marketing uh, heavy, a little too fluffy for, for my liking. And you can adjust accordingly based on that feedback. Yeah, I've also had, this is poorly written before. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely needed to, to pass this along. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the direct feedback is the best feedback. It's the best feedback. You don't want to go to market with something terrible. Exactly. Awesome. Well, let's get into our, our main topic for today. And, and that's this idea of making product marketing approachable and understandable in organizations where there was previously known product marketing function. So obviously in your build up to Stoplight and in the interview process, it became very clear to you that this was going to be a new hire, a new function. And I would imagine that excited you. And it was part of the reason why you decided to join, as you mentioned. Um, but going through this experience, which is an experience that a lot of product marketers go through, of having to explain what product marketing is and how you fit into the product or broader org, excuse me, um, is it is a challenging experience for for a lot of product marketers. And I know in the build up to our conversation, you had a very unique approach to to going through that yourself. I think it'd be great if you could share that with the audience and give some insight as to how you came up with that approach and and yeah, how you navigated that whole experience as the first product marketing hire at Stoplight. Thank you. I yeah. So I had a specific problem of uh, right 
not a not a small org. We were about 40 at the time, so we were growing. Um, how do you get how do you wrangle them all and, and get them in one room and, and help them understand? Um, I, I plotted it out. And so I had a 30, 60, 90 day plan when I started. 30 days being understand the product, understand the problem, understand the personas. Bare minimum, right? That's what I need to do in the first 30 days, or I won't bring value to the company at all. <laughs> so it's like that, I gotta accomplish that. And being such a dense technical product, that was entirely crucial. 60 days, my 30 to 60 days, it's okay, now that I know some things, let's start bringing more value. Um, you know, I started writing blogs immediately because that's how you get your name out there, right? That's how you connect yourself to the audience and to, to the internal users. Um, but then 30 to 60 days, I, I identified now I need to start really surfacing myself as a partner in this, in this space, in, in my company. How do I do that? Well, first, they don't know what product marketing is probably, right? And so that's everybody. You've got, you know, product engineering, um, sales, marketing, and support. That's a lot of people in an organization, even in a sort of small one, um, to bring together. So I said, wow, geez, that sort of sounds like, to me, a Dungeons and Dragons party. Or to be less specific and use a brand name, a tabletop role-playing RPG. <laughs> you have a party of people and they all have specific skills, but when you bring them together, they form a company or a or a party, right? And, and bringing those things together is your superpower. And so I said, well, because I'm a huge nerd, I can translate this sort of idea into something that people will understand because I'm surrounded by nerds here. Maybe they don't get product marketing, but I guarantee they've played D&D before <laughs> or they've heard of it. Um, so, so that was my inspiration is just to sort of take it uh, to someplace fun that was relatable and help them see where they fit in the party. Um, so I just, I hosted a, a lunch and learn for everybody, brought them all into one digital room and, uh, we walked through sort of, where do you fit in the party? Are, are you a, are you a product manager? Um, that would be for your audience, uh, a paladin, which is like the person with the vision. They're inspired to greatness, to go on a journey and, and to, you know, accomplish a feat. And so product management is all about a vision. Um, and so engineering becomes, a uh, an assassin type, right? Someone who hides in the shadow and gets things done, and and then pops out and and you know it surprises you. Like <laughs> I, I like I like to describe them that way. Um, and then product marketing fits in the middle, sort of, in, in this interesting place where they they bring the team together. And I like to describe product marketing as that sort of uh, wizard, uh, a magic user, a person who. Um, understands the mysterious forces of the market and the customer and uses them to, uh, you know, buff and help the party. Buff is like, you know, bringing your skills to the party and, and giving them uh, spells. And then uh, as you go further down to uh, down the line to marketing and sales, I call them the face man. Um, so that's, that's our bard type. That's our, um, charismatic face of the company, uh, the person who can influence you and, and get you to do things. And then uh, support is, is the stalwart fighter for the company, you know, fighting for our customers, helping them, helping us help them. Um, so I, I think they're the beefy ones that <laughs> take the brunt of complaints, but also help everybody. 
Um, so altogether, there, you know, there's a concept that there isn't one complete, perfect type of D&D &D party. But if you have variety of these kind of skills and you can bring them together, um, to me, that is a perfect party because it, it, it showcases the best of everything. And so that's what I wanted them to understand is the relationship between the entire organization and how we are one team, even if we are doing different things and have different skills. And in the middle of that is the person buffing and helping and um, arming with, with spells and support. There's so many great things that we could, I think, dive into with that. I think that was a, such a fantastic, I, and I personally found that fascinating. Like I was hanging on to every word there. I think that's such a unique and creative way of, of taking product marketing and making it relatable to your internal audience. And again, I think it's a skill that we as product marketers often take for granted because we're so focused on making the products we serve uh, and, and bring to market relatable to our customers that we often neglect doing that for product marketing internally. And I think the way that you approached it and the thinking behind it is, is incredible. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it's, it's funny. I think one of the other benefits of, of going down that road, I would imagine anyway, is just making product marketing and those other functions, like giving them a personality and, and almost like, you know, going through the act of personification and making them that much more relatable, right? When you're going into a new org or an exist, or not a new org, but if you're you know going into an org and you're the first product marketer, it's very easy to just pull up a deck that maybe the PMA created or another organization's creator that you yourself created and just say, hey, these are the different departments and here's how they're gonna work together. And at you know, surface level, people will probably look to, sit there and think like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. But you're not grabbing their attention. You're not engaging them in a way that's actually going to get them excited about the opportunity to work with you. And I think the way that you approached it and that you executed on this D&D &D party ticks all the boxes. Um, so, so thank you for sharing that. I, I'm curious, you mentioned that you did this after your first 30 days, and it was in that 30 to 60 day period. What information did you have to go and gather internally to help identify those different party members and assign them to a different department? Is that something that you just did based on your own understanding of D&D of &D and the org and the different functions? Or did you chat internally and get a better sense of how those different teams function? Great question. In that first 30 days, part of the discovery process is knowing your teams, you know, who, knowing who you're working with, knowing maybe who you're not working with and directly and uh, understanding, you know, what the makeup is and how to support them, what, what questions they have. So during that discovery process, it's very easy to um, start to map them to those different skill sets. Um, and so, you know, taking my experience of both D&D &D and being a product marketer, it was, it was easy to help map those different parts of the organization. We have an interesting uh, uh, setup where our sales and marketing org are part of one uh, function. We all report up to Anne, the CMO. And so it's interesting to align sales and marketing under one face, um, you know, the bard character. Uh, so that helped me to not have, you know, it not having to split them out and it helps us as an organization, our, our sales and marketing is so much more aligned, uh, because we all report up to one individual. So that was nice. Not having to split all that up. It, it operates a little bit more streamlined, but you know, it was a little bit more, it was a little, uh, less messy that way. But I mean, it also speaks to, I think your ability to, again, cater how you really positioned product marketing within the org to the org itself. You know, to your point, you could have 
maybe not necessarily easily, but you could have split up sales and marketing, had a different party member, just because you know, in most orgs, that's how it operates. But because at Stoplight, they're rolled into one unifying function or one unifying leader, you made that adjustment. And again, I think that's the benefit of going and leveraging the approach that you took, as opposed to just pulling off a stock presentation from the shelf or, you know, copying and pasting elements of a blog post that might exist that explains product marketing in a little bit more detail and sending it out internally, right? Like you're, you're really catering and again, positioning product marketing within your specific org so that it sits in the right place in the mind of your internal audiences, which is what positioning is all about. Um, so yeah, I, again, hats off to you. I, I can't wait to see D&D's next story campaign of product marketing. Um, I, I'm sure it'll be flying off the shelves before we know it. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. We need more D&D in, in many places. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, been going through quite a bit of a renaissance over the past several years, especially because of the pandemic and being, being stuck at home and trapped inside the reality that I don't think a lot of us were super happy with over the past couple of years. So uh, I think, yeah, the timing kind of uh, worked out perfectly. And again, if it's, if it is part of your internal audience's interests already, it just makes it that much easier to, uh, to get that buy-in. Now, again, in the build-up to our conversation, you had shared with me the deck that you actually walked your org in through. And there was a line in one of the slides that caught my attention. And you described product marketing as being the org's utility player. Uh, I'd love if you could elaborate a little bit more on why you think that's not necessarily maybe the best description, but a very appropriate one. And I agree with you for product marketing. Uh, so you kind of have to have an understanding of what a utility player is, right? First. So a utility player is that sort of um, all around uh, helpful, uh, diverse set of skills. And they can come in and, and really, you know, mess things up for you when you need them to, or they can really help when you need them to. Um, I think basketball and baseball both have utility players. I'm not a real sports person, but maybe your audience might have some people who could identify with that. In D&D, it's um, sort of, if you were to fill out a party and you needed that fifth and final member, this is a person you would want on your team because they really round it out. Um, and, and I think that that's very applicable to product marketing because we have so much insight into every part of the business. Um, and often, like you've said, you know, we've come from generalist positions where we've had to put on a lot of hats. Uh, so uh, utility players come in and bring the best of their experience and can apply it very immediately and quickly and, and identify problems very quickly. So that's that's kind of how I think of it. And, and that person who, who truly rounds out the party and brings your product and, and go-to-market strategy to the next level. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. When it comes to the analogy that you put together and this idea of this D&D party, once you presented it, did you find people internally were coming up to you and kind of using it in conversation or asking you questions about it in more detail or just like showing a just generally more interest in product marketing as a function? Or was it coming up in conversation afterward? Like how, I'm curious how sticky this analogy has, has become within your organ, if it's ever referenced now that you've presented it. Yes. Yeah, so a couple of interesting things. So we've grown a lot since that presentation. And so I probably should do another one because we have, I think, 30 more new people since I, I presented. So our org has grown. Um, yeah, I probably deserve to do another one, but uh, there are... During that presentation, I uh, didn't reveal who the product marketing role was, um, and I, I actually uh, did a poll and asked who they thought the role would be, uh, 
and the right guess was wizard and everybody guessed wizard we had some people guess warlock which is sort of like a wizard i get it um but but that's i think what really cemented to me that people got it is the correct answer was the number one answer and they understood that and so afterwards i had people coming up to me and say it made perfect sense i get it now and and even now they say, you know, I thank you for doing that. It really solidified what I needed to know and not, and not mire me in the stuff I didn't need to know about your job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it resonated. Definitely. I love that last little tidbit that you shared about this idea of not bogging me down in things I don't need to know about your role. Obviously as product marketers, we're super excited about the role. Heck, I wouldn't host this podcast if I wasn't excited about product marketing in general. And I think I'm probably very guilty of this myself too in talking with non-product marketers about like oversharing and over-explaining what product marketing is because you're just so passionate about it. And I, you know, clearly you did this well. And this is advice I would hope any listener would take away is make sure that you're being concise in a way that you're delivering the most relevant information and just enough information that the people consuming it can act on it and better understand what you're trying to communicate and not get bogged down in all this stuff about, oh, these are the KPIs our product marketing is going to keep an eye on, or this is the way we build a persona. That information can come when you're tackling those projects. But when you're just trying to get out there for the first time and explain what product marketing is, focus on what matters most and what's going to be most relevant to your internal audiences. Otherwise you will lose them. Totally agree. Um, awesome. Also Another pretty funny thing is um, that uh, I had some people who were like, this went over my head, right? Because I am a sports person or I, you know, I, I've never played this game. Will you teach me how to play D&D? &D? <laughs> so, so maybe I didn't quite reach them, but at least it interested them enough to figure out uh, that this could be a fun other hobby or pastime for them. So that yeah, accomplished yeah. the goal too. A hundred percent. And at least you sparked their interest, right? Like exactly. I, I would imagine if you did it, do it through the lens of D and D or again, insert another analogy, whether it's sports, they would have left that presentation and just thought, well, I didn't get any of that. I don't really like, I still don't know what product marketing is. And what I don't was her care name enough. again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't care enough about what I just saw to ask the question, but you made it dynamic and engaging in a way that made people care, even if they didn't understand it. And that's, you know, I hope our listeners, when they walk away or, or, you know, finish listening to this episode, they don't go run out and just, again, copy and paste D and D example. If they're passionate about D and D and so is their internal audience, then absolutely take this idea and run with it. But I think the real takeaway here is if you're going to be introducing product marketing to an org because you're the first product marketing hire, or there's new people coming in that have never been exposed to product marketing, find out what that D&D &D party equivalent is to that audience. Much like we would for our customers, you need to really understand what your internal audiences are passionate about, what gets them excited, and translate product marketing and speak it to them in that language, whether it's D&D, &D, whether it's sports, whether it's other games, whether it's, I don't know, you could do product marketing is different. Each team has a different season. I don't know. I'm sure there's different ways you could go about it, but it's all about doing it in a way that that internal audience is, is going to see. And even if they don't walk away, remembering a hundred percent of the presentation, they're probably going to walk away with like a good 80 to 90% and just again, walk away understanding, okay, I get it. I get what product marketing is. I understand how it fits into the broader org. And that it is a function and it's distinct. That's what I really wanted them to, to walk away from. Not necessarily everything that I do, but 
you know, the PMA had a report last year that said 80% of, of product marketers don't think anybody understands what they do at the org. And I said, yep, I understand. I get that struggle. Uh, I just want people to know we're not just, not just, but, you know, not only marketing. We are a distinct function that operates in a distinct way. And if you can keep that part in your mind, then you'll, you'll remember, oh yeah, I, I remember where they fit in the org because of that presentation. So that was, that was my number one goal to, to cement product marketing in their brains as distinct. Yeah. And it sounds like you delivered on that goal. And in going through the deck that you shared prior to our conversation, that stat, I think I love the way that you kind of presented it as one of the first things in the presentation, because it, I think if I was in the audience seeing that, I would be like, okay, like I'm part of that 80% or not necessarily part of that 80%, but I'm not alone in not understanding what product marketing is. And that's okay. Right. Like I think a lot of times when we're introducing new topics, either internally or to our customers, there is going to be a sub sub segment of that audience. Who's going to feel like, Oh, maybe I should have known this. Or like, am I not like good at my job or bright or aware enough to not already know this information. So once you're able to say that, like, look, a lot of people don't know this, you immediately kind of remove that not shame, but maybe that, you know, discomfort around not knowing something, which regardless of what it is, everybody feels at some point, if they're not hundred percent familiar with a topic and it's being explained to them for the first time. So I love the way that you did that. And I think I would encourage anybody who's going to go down a similar path to do exactly what you just said, because I think it was super helpful. Thank you. I mean, thanks to the Product Marketing Alliance for for providing great reports like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It helps when you can have quantifiable data, especially again, given the audience you're speaking to, being a lot of product managers, being a lot of devs who like to speak and understand numbers. Um, if you can, again, speak to them in their language, it just makes it that much more easy for them to understand and makes the topic that much more approachable. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Anna, this has been fantastic. Uh, I know in, in looking for guests for this episode, uh, yours was one of the topics that I think it got the most reaction for people wanting to, to listen to and hear more. So I'm excited to hear the feedback on this uh, from our audience. I'm sure you'll have lots of people following up with questions maybe uh, about how they too can create a similar kind of uh, presentation or, or go down a similar exercise with their own internal audiences. And if you are curious, I encourage you to do that with Anna. She's been great, as I'm sure you can tell. But before I let you go, I do want to ask you my final question. And again, listeners will know I ask this to all my guests. Uh, if you could be a product marketer at any company in the world and work for any product or service they offer, what company and solution would you choose and why? And I'll add the caveat. Assume it's okay if it's stoplight. That's perfectly okay. If it's not, also perfectly okay. And I want to say, Anne, I love you. If you're listening, I love stoplight, but... <laughs> I have to be predictable and I have to say uh, Wizards of the Coast is the publisher of Dungeons and Dragons. They just recently, as of this week, purchased dndbeyond.com, which is their uh, a, a uh, digital product that has been paying licensing fees to be able to utilize D&D you know, uh, and publish digital versions of the books and also facilitate online play. Now Wizards of the Coast owns D&D Beyond, and I think there's huge opportunity for product marketing to really help transition that, that into a more cohesive uh, experience. So that, not to be predictable, but that is definitely where I would, I think, fit the best. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with knowing your real house and leaning into it. Absolutely. absolutely. And yeah, <laughs> speaking as someone who was a product marketer in games um, at the very onset of my product marketing career, I would say if, if gaming in general, whether it's tabletop, whether it's online, whether it's console, PC, what have you, if you're passionate about it, 
there are a lot of product marketing opportunities within the gaming space that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily expect. Gaming, even tabletop gaming, is built on some kind of technology at some point in the experience. And where there's technology, there's typically product marketing. So I think if you're if you're like Anna, you're super passionate about whether it's D&D or again, insert game title or game franchise here, uh, consider a role in product marketing. As someone who's worked in it myself, it was a fantastic experience and, and really built uh, the foundation for product marketing that I leverage uh, every single day in my non-gaming roles and have ever since. So yeah, I, I, I think that's an inspired choice. Thanks very much. Well, let's cross our fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today, Anna. This has been fantastic. If someone does want to reach out to you and ask you questions about, again, going through a similar exercise yourselves, or maybe even join your D&D party or just nerd out on all things D&D, what's the best way for them to uh, get in contact with you? Uh, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. Um, my LinkedIn is Anna-Doherty, pretty easy to find. Uh, the spelling might be a little tough, but you'll find me. I'm really the only product marketer called Anna Doherty. So yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. Love to talk to you. Awesome. I'm sure you'll get quite a few invites uh, very shortly after this episode goes live. So again, awesome. Anna, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure uh, we'll be in touch again soon. Thanks for having me. Really, really enjoyed this. Great. Take care. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.